Welcome to Authentic. Hi, I am Dr. Greg Ammons, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church of Garland. And welcome to the podcast where we discuss various aspects of the Christian faith, relating theological truths from God's Word to practical topics of the Christian life, living daily for Jesus Christ in a real, genuine, and authentic way. Welcome to today's podcast. Today I will be following up from a recent sermon series entitled Asking for a Friend. Questions that maybe you had about God or the Bible or about life, but maybe you did not want to ask those questions. We went through eight weeks of those and today in the podcast and in the coming weeks of the podcasts, I will be addressing more questions that maybe you have wondered that we really did not have time to address on uh, Sunday mornings in the sermon series. So I will address these questions topically and be listening for the next few podcasts, next several podcasts, in fact, as we answer questions about different topics. Uh, Today we'll be answering questions about heaven that maybe you've had. We'll look at five questions that, that maybe you've wondered about heaven. And we'll look at that in today's podcast. In the upcoming podcast, we'll be looking at salvation, another topic. Can you lose your salvation? What is the unpardonable sin? How do I know if I've committed the unpardonable sin? Another podcast will be on the topic of the devil, Satan. What can he do to me? What can he not do to me as a believer in Jesus? Can the devil read my mind? Uh, what did he do to Jesus uh, with the temptations in the wilderness? So we'll look at that topic on topic of Satan on a podcast. And then another podcast will be the topic of prayer. If everything is predetermined, then why pray? Does prayer really change things and answer questions like that? Another podcast will be on marriage. Is divorce ever okay? What if I'm being abused in a marriage? What does God think about that or what is the... Bible teach about that. That will be a podcast. Other upcoming podcasts will deal with why does God allow suffering or what about transgenderism? What is taught in scripture about that? Uh, What about euthanasia, mercy killing? And so a lot of topics in the coming weeks on these podcasts that I think that you will find interesting and maybe you've wondered some of these questions. I will be posting a new podcast about every 7 to 10 days, uh, so be listening for them. If you subscribe to the Authentic Podcast, then you will receive alerts on your phone or your mobile device whenever a new podcast is posted. So I hope that you'll subscribe and be listening in the weeks to come uh, to find out more of the questions that maybe you've wondered, and I'll be addressing those. Today's podcast, we'll talk about the questions about heaven. I'll, I'll talk about five questions that maybe you've wondered about heaven. And in answering these questions, I'll tell you what I believe, why I believe them, and what I believe the Bible teaches on these topics. First question, are there pets in heaven? Are there animals in heaven? And will my particular pet uh, be in heaven? First question, this has been asked of me many times through the years, uh, and it's not a frivolous question at all. People get very attached to their pets, uh, particularly if the pet has been with them for a long time. 
if the pet was a part of their kids' lives growing up, part of the family, uh, and they get very attached to them, and they really become a part of the family, especially if someone's alone, living alone. The pet is a lot of company to them and really becomes like a member of the family. In our present culture, more and more you see pet cemeteries, uh, you see people going to great expense and, and having ceremonies and gravestones for their pets. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, we get very attached to them. And so the questions then arise, will that pet be in heaven with me or will there be animals in heaven? Within the Christian church, there have really been different schools of thought on this question. Some people believe that animals simply disintegrate. Uh, they, they don't go to heaven. They don't go to hell. They just pass into what's called nothingness or, or annihilation. And that belief is based on the premise that animals do not have souls that can survive the grave. However, Nowhere in the Bible does it explicitly say animals do not have souls. Now, I think people have just always assumed that. It probably comes from the passage that talks about humans are created in the image of God and we were different from the animals in creation because of that. What does it mean to be created in the image of God and what differentiates between a soul and a non-soul? Those who take a Greek view of the soul, that is, that substance continues indestructibly forever, may want to restrict that to only human beings. Um, but again, there's nothing in the Bible that I know of that would preclude the possibility of an animal's continued existence into heaven. Now, we just assume that. That's often been taught. But there's really nothing as far as the Bible teaches one way or the other that says yes or, or no about your pet or animals in heaven. Now, there are a couple of passages that I think that factor into this, and let me share those with you. Uh, one passage, or two passages primarily, come from the book of Isaiah, and because of these two passages, I believe it's very possible, in fact probable, that there will be animals in heaven. One passage is Isaiah 11:6 that says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Now, if this is a metaphor and the Bible is just being symbolic here, then obviously there won't be animals in heaven. But there's really nothing in this Isaiah 11 passage that seems to indicate this is metaphorical only. But I think an even greater passage in Isaiah is 65:25, Because we know in the Isaiah 65 passage, it is referring to what's called the glorious kingdom or the glorified kingdom, which we pretty well know is heaven. And in Isaiah 65, 25, in discussing the glorified kingdom, it says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. So again, if that's not a metaphor, if, it is, if it's not symbolic and there's no indication that it, that it should be, then yes, it appears then animals will be in heaven. The wolf, the lamb, the lion, the ox. Uh, and so that does appear... Uh, in the Isaiah 65 passage. 
Is there anything that says my particular pet will be in heaven? That's I don't think there's anything we can, how we can answer that. I think all of that is sheer speculation. Uh, is God going to create new animals to be a part of heaven, or will it be my particular pet? I don't think there's any way of knowing, uh, and I don't think there's anything in Scripture that can point us to a direction, uh, whether it's my particular pet or just animals in general that God has maybe created or recreated to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth. One other passage that I think <clears throat> may, um, may factor into this discussion, and that is a Romans 8 passage. The, the Bible does seem to give us reason to hope that departed animals may be restored because it talks about in Romans 8 that all of creation, not just humans, but all of creation, all of cosmic matter are redeemed because of Jesus Christ. The whole of creation destined to be redeemed through the work of Jesus. And so therefore you see the beautiful images of that is that your loved loved one is an animal, uh, or is it mine, or is it other animals? Uh, but they are a part of the created order. They were in the beginning, and all of the created order is redeemed through Jesus Christ. But again, this is sheer speculation as far as whether it's my particular pet or not. But it does appear that animals will be a part of heaven. Question number two about heaven. Will we know each other in heaven? Will we know one another? Well, there's no specific Bible reference that explicitly says, yes, we will recognize each other in heaven. There's no passage that says that explicitly. However, there is implicit teaching all through the Bible that I believe is overwhelming so that, yes, we will know Beyond a doubt, we will know each other in heaven. Billy Graham said he believes this because of the 1 Corinthians 13 passage that says, we shall know as we are known. And that's very possible. That passage in the context is talking about love. It's not talking about heaven. But again, it does say we shall know as we are known. There's an element of, of discontinuity between this life and the life to come but there's also an element of continuity as well, of our personhood, who we are existing from this life on into the next life. Yes, we're going to be changed. 1 Corinthians 15.52 says we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Yes, we'll have a new body. And yes, the old will pass away and everything made new. And because of statements like that, there's an Eastern view of called annihilationism, which they believe that we lose our personal identities in the next life in some kind of sea of forgetfulness. But I don't believe that Eastern view is correct. There are other passages that talk about a continuity between this life and the next life. Uh, the Apostles' Creed even talks about a communion of the saints that we have. Whereas we share the um, same communion in Jesus as Martin Luther or John Calvin or Jonathan Edwards, or even for that matter, Moses or Peter or James or John, 
And so we're not limited to only those people that we're in communion with right now on earth. I believe when I get to heaven, I'll know Moses. And I'll know Joshua. And I'll know David. And Peter and James and John and, and, and Paul. I think I'll know them. And I think they'll know me when we get there. Because there is a better level of communion with Jesus in heaven even than there is here as far as communion with each other. We'll know each other in a perfect way when we get to heaven. Let me share a couple of other passages that I think uh, might make a, a difference into how you, you view this. One passage is the transfiguration. It's recorded in Matthew 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9. And this is a story where Jesus and his disciples went up on uh, a mountaintop, and Jesus was transfigured before them. Face uh, shone, his hair became glowing, clothes became glowing. And Moses and Elijah appeared and, and talked with them. And they knew each other. There didn't need to be introductions. Uh, Peter, this is Moses. Uh, Elijah, this is John. Uh, they, they knew each other. And there was an immediate communion connection so much so that Peter and James and John, when it was over, said, Jesus, let's just stay here. This was awesome. Uh, and so there seemed to be that communion that was there. They knew each other, even though they'd never met. They'd lived thousands of years apart, but yet they knew each other. Another passage that I believe uh, speaks to this question, will we know each other in heaven? is the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus told in Luke chapter 16. And that's the story, of course, where he talks about a rich man who had everything going for him in this world, a poor man who was a beggar at the rich man's gate. The rich man ignored the pleas of the poor man. Both of them died. And the poor man named Lazarus was carried to the bosom of Abraham, whereas the rich man was cast into outer darkness. There was a great gulf fixed between the two, but it appeared that the rich man could see Lazarus in heaven and knew him as Lazarus, and the rich man was known as the rich man in, in outer darkness or in hell. And so it, it appears that their continued existence of who they were on earth at least who they were, continued into the next life as well. So looking at all those passages, I believe that, yes, we will know each other in heaven. Question number three about heaven. How were people saved in the Old Testament, and did they go to heaven immediately when they died, or will they have to wait until the final resurrection before they go to heaven? How were people saved in the Old Testament, and are they in heaven now? Well, this is a question that's kind of been talked about through the years and questioned through the years. I've been asked this question many times as pastor through the years. And on the one hand, the Old Testament teaching on the afterlife is somewhat vague, and that's because it uses the word sheol in Hebrew to describe both death and the afterlife, and so sometimes you wonder, is that passage talking about just the grave, or is that talking about the afterlife? However, when you come to New Testament passages, it's much more clear about heaven, and 
even New Testament passages still sometimes give us a clue on the Old Testament saints and how they were saved and if they went to heaven uh, at, at that moment or not. Now, the Roman Catholic Church has the doctrine of limbo. Uh, and we've heard about that. You've probably heard about that through the years. Primarily with respect to babies, uh, the broader concept included what was called, quote, limbo of the fathers. And this was a place where they taught, Roman Catholics taught, people went in the Old Testament who died in the faith, but they had to wait until Jesus died on the cross. Now, there are two theories of thought here. Uh, one theory is that the Old Testament saints who had faith in God, they, they went to a limbo, a limbo of the fathers, and whenever Jesus died on the cross, then the three days between the crucifixion on Friday and the resurrection on Monday, or the Sunday, uh, that in those three days, that Jesus then liberated them uh, during that time frame. They take the First Peter 3.19 passage where it says Jesus preached to the spirits in prison. They take those spirits in prison to be the Old Testament saints that Jesus then liberated and they got to go to heaven. Second theory on this is that no, those Old Testament saints are still in limbo and they will have to wait until the final resurrection when Jesus comes back before they get to go to heaven. Well, obviously, I, I don't believe uh, the limbo of the fathers. I don't believe limbo is taught in Scripture. And let me share with you a couple of passages uh, why I don't, don't believe that. Going back to the transfiguration, the story of Jesus with Peter and James and John going up to the mountaintop, I mentioned in the last question, where his face shone, clothes became bright, and Moses and Elijah showed up. It does not appear that they came from a limbo place or a purgatory place. In fact, purgatory is never really even, even mentioned in Scripture. And so, so it appears they came from heaven to be with Peter and James and John at the transfiguration. Not only that, I'm inclined to think that Old Testament saints had immediate access to heaven because heaven was called the bosom of Abraham in the New Testament. That is not a likely descriptive term for heaven if it's some place from which Abraham was absent. Why would you call it Abraham's bosom if Abraham wasn't there yet? Uh, and so I do believe that Old Testament saints went immediately to heaven because of the work of Christ that would come later but they immediately went to heaven whenever they died in the Old Testament. Now, how were they saved? If Jesus had not died on the cross, if he had not resurrected, today we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and we're saved. But in the Old Testament, if Jesus had not come yet, how were they saved? I believe because of Romans 3 and Romans 4, the Old Testament saints were saved in the exact same way we're saved. We weren't alive when Jesus died on the cross. We look, we look back at the cross and the resurrection and we believe. 2,000 years later, we believe and we're saved. They looked ahead to the crucifixion and resurrection of the Messiah to come and they believed. 
The Bible tells us that Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness or reckoned to him as righteousness. So therefore, they were saved the same way that we're saved. They looked ahead to the Messiah. We looked behind the Messiah. Both of us believe. And so I believe the Old Testament saints were saved in the same manner that, that we're saved today as well. Did they go to heaven immediately? I believe Scripture teaches that they did. Question number four about heaven. When a person dies, do they go immediately to heaven or is their grave sleep first? Whenever a person dies, do they go immediately to heaven or is there some type of sleeping in the grave first? Well, throughout history, the church has struggled and theologians have struggled with the concept of what's called the intermediate state or our position between the time we die and the time that Jesus consummates his kingdom and fulfills the promise that he had to us that he's going to come back and receive us. Some people believe that we, if we die right now, we have to wait in the grave until Jesus comes back and then at the second coming we come out of the graves and we then will go to heaven. But until that time, we're sleeping in the grave. There are some people that believe that. Others believe in a concept known as purgatory. Of course, Roman Catholics uh, teach that as well. As I mentioned in the last question, I don't think there's any place purgatory or concept of purgatory is taught in Scripture. Now, there are some people who look at passages and try to interpret it as, as purgatory, but, but I don't think that purgatory is, is taught in Scripture. The most common view has been that at death, your soul goes immediately to be with God. And there is a continuity of your personal existence. In other words, you just continue on to exist from the moment you take your last breath on earth, you continue to exist in heaven. There's no interruption of your soul. And so that has kind of always been the teaching through the years. And the reason uh, that that has been the case is because of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 8. He said, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, but whenever we're absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. So it appears that Paul was teaching that the moment we leave our body at, at that point, then we are present uh, with the Lord. And so I, I do believe that, that Scripture uh, uh, teaches that. Now, a couple passages uh, that, that I believe are pertinent to the question, Does your, do you immediately go to heaven to be with the Lord, or is there great sleep? One of those passages happened when Jesus was dying on the cross, and, and two thieves were hanged with Jesus, one on one side, one on the other side. One thief mocked at mocked Jesus and said, if you're the Christ, get yourself down and get us down from here. The other thief uh, said, don't you fear God even in death? And then he turned to Jesus and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said something very interesting back. He said, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, some interpret that, Roman Catholics interpret paradise to be purgatory. 
they're saying Jesus didn't go immediately to heaven. Uh, so therefore, Jesus told the thief on the cross, I'll, I'll see you later in, in purgatory. But the only problem with that is that paradise is never interpreted as purgatory any other place. The, all of the other places that the word paradise is used in the New Testament, it refers to heaven. And so I believe Jesus was telling the thief of the cross, even at the last hour, he placed faith and trust in Christ and Jesus, but faith and trust in Jesus. At the last hour, he said, you'll be with me in heaven today. So immediately he, he went to heaven, it appears from that that saying of Jesus and the cross. Second passage. You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, I said in answering the previous question, the story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 16. Some people say that's a parable, uh, that it was parabolic, so therefore you can't take it as literal. I don't believe it was a parable uh, because in no other parable did Jesus mention people by their personal names. In this one, he did, Lazarus. He talked about a certain rich man, a certain rich man, as if he had someone in mind. I believe this was an actual event, an actual incident that really happened that Jesus is telling us a little bit about the afterlife in Luke chapter 16. So in answering the question, does a person immediately go to heaven or hell, in this story, both of these went to their eternal destinies immediately. The rich man went to outer darkness or, or hell or Hades or Gehenna as the New Testament teaches. And then Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom or went to heaven. So immediately they went to their eternal destinies whenever they died. So answering the question, does a person die? I believe, yes, Scripture teaches you immediately go at that point to your eternal destinies, and there is no such thing as grave sleep. Now, what is being taught then, whatever Paul talks about, uh, our bodies, uh, when Jesus comes back, the, 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 we'll meet each other in the air. I, I believe our soul immediately goes when we die to be with the Lord, but I believe that we will receive our glorified bodies at the final resurrection. When Jesus comes back, we will be reunited with our glorified bodies, always to be together with the Lord. And I believe that's what Paul was talking about in the First Thessalonians passage. Question number five. Will persons who commit suicide go to heaven? Will persons who commit suicide go to heaven? Now, I've been asked this question many times through the years, and I know a lot of people wonder about uh, suicide in heaven and the Roman Catholic teaching is that if you commit suicide you cannot go to heaven you will not go to heaven they believe that is that is one sin that will keep you out and they believe that because they it's a sin that cannot be repented of because you commit it you die and you have no chance to repent but again, if you think through that logically, that is a works-based salvation, not a faith-based salvation. You cannot do anything to earn your salvation, so therefore you could do nothing to lose your salvation. So 
the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 8 that nothing will separate you from the love of God. I believe that if a person is truly saved and they commit suicide, yes, they'll go to heaven. Now, I've had people ask me before, Pastor, if they're truly saved, they wouldn't commit suicide. Well, we would, we would think that, but psychiatrists have studied people who have made serious attempts to take their own lives but failed, and whenever interviewed afterwards, psychiatrists tell us that more than 90% of them said they would not have committed suicide had they waited 24 hours to do it. So often the act of suicide is a surrender to an overwhelming but momentary attack of depression or being overwhelmed by problems. We really don't know the last thoughts that go through a person's mind before he or she dies. Suppose a, a, a person decides to end their life by jumping off a 30-story building. And at the 15th story on the way down, what if they think, this is a mistake, I shouldn't have done this, oh God help me, forgive me. Is there not room for God's grace in the final repentant prayer sentence of that person? There was for the thief on the cross I mentioned in question number four. So why would there not be there? So I think more goes into this than just saying, well, people who commit suicide don't go to heaven. I believe if a person truly received Jesus as Savior, now, they truly are saved, they truly are transformed, and as Paul says, they become a new creation. If that really happens, then yes, they are a child of God, and as Romans 8 says, nothing will separate them from the love of God. In that Romans 8 passage, goes through, Paul goes through a litany of things that could possibly separate you from the love of God. And he includes things like trials or problems or life or death. And he even says no other creation, created being, created thing can separate you from the love of God. That includes yourself. You're a created being. So not even yourself can separate you from the love of God. So your act of taking your own life, even that, cannot separate you from the love of God. Now, as you talk about suicide and, and think through it, there are, are scriptures that are very clear that we're not to take our own life. Uh, obviously, I don't think suicide is ever God's will for a person. It's, it's never God's will for a person to take their life, ever, no matter what. No matter how difficult your problems, how overwhelming they may seem, God has a solution. If He's powerful enough to part the waters at the Red Sea, He's powerful enough to take care of your problems. So there's, no, there's never a reason to end your life. In committing suicide, basically a person is telling God, I know more about my life than you do. I'm the boss of my life. I'll decide when I live. I'll decide when I die. I know more about it than you. And so they're basically telling God, I know more about life than you. That's a, that's a dangerous position to be in. So I don't think suicide is, is ever God's will. 
However, if a person truly is saved, truly knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, yes, I think it's possible for a person who commits suicide to go to heaven. Well, I hope that these uh, answers have, have helped you in some of the questions that you may have about heaven, about maybe animals in heaven or pets in heaven or will we know each other in heaven? How were people saved in the Old Testament? Did they go directly to heaven or did they have to wait? Or what about us when a person dies? Do we sleep in the grave or go straight to heaven? Or what about persons who commit suicide? I hope these have have been helpful to you in trying to answer these questions. So join us uh, for a future podcast as we talk about other aspects of the Christian life, how to live daily for Jesus Christ in a real, genuine, and authentic way. You have been listening to Authentic with Dr. Greg Ammons. Join us next time for a new podcast whenever we discuss various aspects of the Christian life, relating theological truths from God's Word to practical ways to live for Jesus Christ on a daily basis in a real, genuine, and authentic way. Mm -hmm.